Shop podcast is back on this wintry uh, Sunday evening. Uh, I am your host, walking in a winter Barryland, joined as always by my ever dependable co-hosts. First of all, Sleazy Townie. Hello. There's a story coming there, listeners. Look forward to that. And also, Mr. Paul Griffin, who I don't have a nickname for this week, but you know, what are you going to do? I'll take it. Uh, we we were off last week, lads. I was uh, gallivanting, and you two, uh, what, could be fucked? We were both very busy. Fair enough. Uh, I don't think, th- did anything much happen uh, in, the, in, the, in the week we were off wrestling-wise? Is that why you decided to have a quiet one? Um, no, I was actually away on Sunday. Yeah, and I was busy. <laughs> we were actually busy. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm actually just updating the WrestleGoff news sheet here as we go. Uh, yeah, I go. was. Um, I talk to yourselves, listeners. Talk about yourselves. I was. Uh, this is why. The, this is the real reason why I wasn't a podcast last week, listeners. I was at uh, my girlfriend's brother's new house, uh, kind of a little housewarming get together. So we went over, mm-hmm. and it was nice. There was little like. Um, finger foods and stuff when we looked around and I was all jealous because I want to own a house like that. But it was nice. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself, yeah. Joe? Working? I don't, no, don't care I... what you think, Barry. Joe, go on. <laughs> pipe down, pipe down, Barry. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was also busy last week so I had quite a big uh, pitch at work to a potential new client. Uh, can't mention any names but they are a major uh, footwear brand. Um, I thought you were going to say it was Vince McMahon. Well, no. Can't, can't say any clues, but uh, there's no chance in hell I'm not getting this client. No chance. Um, yeah, so anyway, I was kind of busy basically working weekends and evenings and days to get that done. And at least that was done on Tuesday. Um, so that's good. That's out of the way. Um, find out on Monday whether we won it. So that'll be. Either a really good Christmas or a shit one. Um, anyway, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, that was it. Um, until it turned out that I've actually got another pitch next week that I was only actually told about on Wednesday. So, good stuff at work. Well done, everyone. Christmas is cancelled. <laughs> anyway, that was that's basically been... I haven't actually done... I'm looking through the sheet and I've not really watched a whole lot of kind of TV and movies and other bits and pieces because it's it's been kind of a lot of work sort of final hurrah before christmas so yeah uh yeah so um i'll i'll go here in the um uh the chair shot headquarters i was busy as well last week last week of course there was an ott on a sunday Uh, i went up on the saturday to 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 go out with the pals um and then you know trek into ott Hung over on, on Sunday, as God intended, whenever they run a, a, a Sunday show. Um, so that's why I was away. Uh, so basically, listeners, we just we look, listen, we've got priorities other than you. All right. Until such a time as we do a Patreon 
and you're all forking out to listen to this show, which hasn't happened yet. And imagine if it did. The fucking hilarity of us dying on our arse on there would be great. Um, <laughs> so um, so not, not just yet, but I, I had a great time uh, in Dublin. Watching PWG with my pals. I have not watched in about, I feel like, five or six years. I feel like I've been out of the loop on the old uh, PWG. Um, and then went to, to, to OTT. Um yeah, so not really much else to report on my side. Uh, when I was up in Dublin, we did Secret Santa. Uh, me and some of the some of the pals I attend OTT with. Um, I, I won't get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of what everyone got, but I'll tell you, lads, one thing that I'm sure you will um, uh, uh, be amused by. Not necessarily the gift, but the reason I got it. Uh, so part of it was I got a, a gag gift. I got a, um, uh, a, a box of uh, cotton earbuds, ear swabs. Uh, and the reason I got those is because Barry's after cutting out. Are you there, Barry? I need to know why he got the cotton. <laughs> I'm going to need a confirmation on that anecdote. Dun, 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 Right, did Barry get the swabs? Was his ears too dirty and smelly, or was it just a gift with no? He saw him telly. Oh God! Oh, this is good. This is really good. Do you think he's still talking about it? <laughs> Going to be going for about 10 minutes telling this anecdote. Calling. Hello? There he is. Go on. Sorry, cut out there, sorry. I I was like, are these cunts being really rude and just not replying to me? And I've I've been talking for the last two minutes. Where did I get cut off? Immediately when you started talking about the ear swabs. Why did you get them? Oh, okay, sorry. So the reason I got the ear swab is because my my friends I go to OTT with, they're like favorite story about me. In all my years, and listeners, I have some great stories, right? You know, you know, you know right? But they just love that twice in my adult life, I've had to get, you know, emergency medical assistance to get a, a piece of a headphone out of my ear canal. Um, it's like their favorite thing ever. And I'm like, listen, it was quite distressing on both occasions. <laughs> what actually happened was I tweeted about it when it happened earlier this year when I came back from Germany and I had to get the uh, Dublin airport uh, medical staff to help me and then I think they went they, I mentioned in passing that it happened before and then they went and found my tweets from a few years ago where um, I did not say a slur, thank god but um, uh, they, found, they found tweets where I, where I had again just about like four or five years ago tweeted about having to go to the emergency room for the exact same reason and it's like everyone's favorite thing. So I got the I got the uh, earbuds or ear. I've bought what you even called them. They're not. I shouldn't call them earbuds. They're not for ears. Everyone says don't put them in your ears. But that's just, they're a cotton swab, uh, a Q-tip. But it was. It was actually the the whole afternoon was was quite lovely. Everyone got nice gifts. Everyone was very thoughtful. It was it was a nice little exercise, um, uh, and and everyone left very happy. Uh, what about you, lads? Have we have we done a show? Post Black Friday, have we done a Black Friday chat? Have we done any general Christmas shop? Any any retail nightmares, boys? In the in the last few weeks, I'll tell you how I know that because I just had to reinstall Skype before we started because I've got a new phone. Ooh. And I didn't, for some reason, I 
did the Samsung transfer thing, but I guess Skype didn't install for whatever reason, so I just had to quickly install it. Forgotten bloody password, didn't I? So I only had to reset that um, with the old verification code. But yeah, so I picked up a Samsung Galaxy S9. Um, it's the most recent Samsung Galaxy. So I think it was, what was it? It was £160 off on Black Friday. Um, oh. And I also, huh? Yeah, I also had a voucher to put towards it. So I came in at about £490, which is not bad, yeah. pretty good for, you know, one of the flagship phones. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the same as the old one, I'll be honest, but it's not got the sort of bezels. It's this kind of full screen, like the whole phone is the screen. Mm. Uh, and it's got some kind of nice features. And my old one was getting very slow and kind of battery was crap and the lead wouldn't go into the battery socket properly. So I was just like, yeah, new phone, please. And uh, yeah, it's good. Very good. I need a new phone quite badly. Um, I have a similar thing where the, when I try and charge the phone, sometimes mm. it'll, it'll be fine. Sometimes it won't charge. And it's a problem of the phone. It's not the cable. It's the, f- the port on the phone itself. Yeah. Yeah. So I do need a new one, but uh, who knows? I'll get that down the line. The, uh, the, like, charger port, like, issues are, like, one of the smallest things that ultimately mean, well, I have to throw this phone out now. <laughs> um, uh, because, yeah, like even just, even, like, little damage on the port that means it doesn't take the cable correctly. It's like, well, okay, great. Now I have to spend a grand on a new phone. Paul, what are you, are you iPhone or? Yeah, I, iPhone 6. You reckon you're going to stick with them for... You're going to go to another iPhone? Uh, no, I'd, ha- I'd happily get an Android at this stage. I I have my iPad, so I already have most of my... iOS stuff. My yeah. games and stuff migrated over there. My phone memory is mostly just taken up by podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I, I might have a little... Speaking of iOS, I might have a little game recommendation for you later. We'll get to that in a bit. Ooh! But, uh, yeah, I, one thing I really like that my, my current phone and that there's a new model out now is the Pixel. But of course, that's you couldn't get that with a um, a phone company. You'd have to buy it off Google Direct, no SIM, and just fork out for it. So, right. So that's that's a pain. But other than that, I'd give them a recommendation. But uh, but yeah, um, so that's that's good. Uh, any other Christmassy shopping related? I think I think I'm all done. I got my mam's uh, Christmas present. All sorted, so I think I'm I'm kind of done. Thank well, God. We're all done with Christmas shopping, bar one present we have to get like tomorrow, maybe. Um, but yeah, we went into Dublin today and just kind of knocked it all out in one go. Nice. Which is to be fair, 9th of December is later than I would typically have my Christmas shopping done. But then I was sick for that, like I had six days off sick in October, so I kind of ate a little bit into my. November payslip, so I had to wait a little bit longer this year. But uh, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much all all happy and done with the shopping that was done. Um, I know what one of my presents is because I was there when it got bought, so I'm well <laughs> happy with that. Um, but yeah, it was good, good, uh, good to get the shopping done because it was kind of even up till yesterday, I still didn't even really have like a list made of what what I was going to get people so I was kind of winging it a little bit but um yeah we went into town went into like um Debenhams and done stores and pennies and P 
PC world and picked up a few bits and bobs. Uh, I bought, bought a new Christmas jumper for myself in Next as well. Oh, very nice. Which lights up, which I'm very happy with. So me and Natty both have light up jumpers this year. Light up, light up. Uh, so yeah. And Christmas is only like two weeks away, basically. Very close. <sighs> so now, very close. now it's time to start getting excited about it. Oh, officially. I still haven't put it up in my goddamn flat. I really need to get going on that. Yeah. Uh, the office is looking very festive. I just got back from my mams uh, having dinner. She's, you know, she's one of them Irish mams who's, oh, Christmas, all oh, this stress, oh, a load of rubbish, oh, off one day. But the house, it, like, looks like Santa Claus exploded in it. I mean, it's just like, it's decked up and down. Uh, with all the ingredients, with all the the decorations, the dog has his little Christmas jumper. I mean, Jesus! But uh, I've got um, I've got tomorrow off work, so I might. I think that might be a um, a decoration shop day, and I might uh, do my few bits and bobs. Uh, but yeah, uh, is that life guff? Any other life guff we want to touch on before we? Well, well, well. Go on. Well, um, anyone who follows anyone, what? Any any character we want to debut? <laughs> well, I'd like to introduce both of you to a little guy I call Joey Sleaze. Oh, what? Hey. Um, <clears throat> so anyone that follows me on, on Instagram might have seen some uh, quite disturbing pictures on Friday evening. I saw them, yeah. <laughs> of uh, me dressed as my latest creation, jo- Joey Sleaze. Um, so we, it was, we had our work Christmas due on Friday. It was uh, 70s themed, more specifically Studio 54 themed. Right. Um, so when it was announced a month ago, my first thought was, I should grow a moustache for the Christmas party, for the 70s theme. Um, and once I get an idea in my head, I've got, I've got to do it. I can't start turning back, brother. Hmm. You know, once the creative juices get flowing, I can't be stopped. Um, so I actually didn't shave for the whole of November. I actually did basically Movember. Nice. Um, but, but didn't raise any money for cancer or whatever. Not did it for or, the banter. Yeah, not interested in that. Stop, stop cancer, start banter. That's what I say. Um, so yeah, I grew the beard, and people kept saying, "Oh, you're growing a beard." I'm like, "Growing a beard, not shaving." Um, so I grew it for a month, and then on the night, uh, actually, just when we all went to get ready, nipped up to the to the toilet, shaved all the beard off, apart from the sideburns and the mustache. Also combine that with a nice pair of authentic 70s eyeglasses, which I found on eBay, uh, and, and an incredibly garish floral shirt, and a little gold chain that I got from Primark, or pennies, as you two might call it. Um, yeah, um, and I'll tell you what, lads, it all came together uh, on the night. I got into character. It was fantastic. Went down a storm. Um, only problem was I maybe went a bit too sleazy um, with very kind of slightly disturbing smile with the moustache. It looked quite revolting. Um, But anyway, yeah, I also kind of created a whole character for the, for the evening, which was called Joey Sleaze, who is a uh, 1970s adult movie uh, film director. (coughs) Part Partly inspired by kind of Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights, uh, and also by Wrestling's own Joey Ryan. I won't lie, he was a bit of an influence. Right. Um, does that sleazy character very well. 
Um, yeah, so it all came, to, it all came together, um, and and it was a blast. Yeah, we went to a, to a bar, just free drinks all night, some some good food. Uh, we also won the quiz, uh, my team. So you know, uh, second time I've won it in third years. So you know, don't don't want to go on about it, but you know, we did win by quite a big margin. Um, yeah, so it was great. So if you if you follow me on Instagram, you'll have seen the the costume. Um, if you didn't, I will secrete some images somewhere on the internet for anyone who wants to see them to find. I did. But, uh, I did. Mm. When, when yeah, you also on Instagram, very impressive. I love I love the look. I'm I'm disappointed it's not your new full time look. But uh, no, it, it did remind me of years ago when uh, uh, Davy Richards teamed with Joey Ryan and PWG, and so he came out doing a sleazy Davy thing, but uh, obviously yes. like taller and more charisma, obviously on your side. Um, uh, <laughs> well, but, um, uh, but yeah, uh, it, was, it was very impressive. I do encourage everyone to keep an eye, keep an eye out. And did you yours. do the voice the entire evening as well? Well, I introduced myself as Joey Sleaze, and people really didn't like it. They thought it was absolutely <laughs> fucking horrifying, so I kept doing it just to annoy them. Sounds a bit like Michael Hirsch, that's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Very harsh on, on a wonderful man. <laughs> oh, we love Michael. Yeah. But he does have a little, little voice like that, doesn't he? <laughs> if you say so. I do. I say he it. Does. I said it. Yes. I mean, he, uh, listeners of this show will remember that uh, one episode from six years ago. Oh, yeah, he was on that one episode six years ago. Go well, him, and, him, and, him and Jack uh, were on. on a- oh, don't mention that one. Burn that <laughs> episode. <laughs> Purge it from the history. <laughs> Jack was on two, I think. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. Um, Mm. All right, we will uh, soldier on here with the podcast. We got some telly guff to get to. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of telly, but I tell you what, lads, I've I've started, of course, the Christmas uh, television watching. uh, As is the as is, you know, it's that time of year. Paul, did you watch the Toy Show this year? Of course, I watched the Toy Show this year. Now, now, I'm interested to hear what you think, because I thought it was actually unironically good this year. I thought it was probably one of the, one of the best ones I've seen. It was the, the so most of the, of the entertainment was, like, the music acts were actually very good. There was that one little girl, she was, what, like, 12, like, genuinely great singing voice. Mm-hmm. Um, they had all the feel-good stuff they always have. They have the, the, ki- the kids from the sick kids' children, uh, sick kids' hospital, rather, in, uh, with playing with the toys. Yeah. And all that other stuff, and then they had the big feel good thing at the end. Oh, great! Yeah, I mean, even Tuberty, I thought was on form. He's kind of come into his own. I mean, it took him so long, but I think he. he I thought he, I, th- I thought he had a good night. I thought yeah, you had the you know the best possible situation is where the kids are, are real misbehaved. You had the one yep. kid shaking the Mary Poppins marionette or whatever, but Tuberty's yes, like, no, uh, she, she's hurt. Um, that was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're all they're all a bit bowled, and that's that's the way it should be. Um, and as you uh, say, the 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 last twenty minutes, I I thought was really really great. Yeah, very. Uh, and you know, there's always kind of charity stuff and stuff like that in 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 the um, uh, in the toy show. But this felt very uh, very human, very real. It was very yeah. It was it was, it was actually surprisingly uh, powerful. Just to give a little background to people who don't know the toy show, right? The toy show is is an Irish institution where every year. It's it's a little bit kind of um, like like a 
infomercial, I guess, in a, in a sense. But it's 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 not. It's, it doesn't feel cynical. It's very kind of um, honest and very wholesome. And they they bring the kids out to explain what the toys are and play with them a bit. And then there'll be like kids singing on it. And, and it's like for for the kids to be on the toy show and to perform in the toy show is like a big deal. Um, There's an audition process. It's a whole yeah. thing. And then at the end of the toy show this year, after they showed all the toys and kids were being bold and all that, which was which was great fun, they they what they do every year as well is they they'll send uh, one of their peons up to someone's house and they'll typically win like a, a trip to Lapland or whatever something like that. So they go to this house and uh, and they show that there's all the kids sitting in the house and they're all happy, right? And they they bring a big a big uh, bag of presents to them or whatever. And then there's these two women reacting in the crowd, and, and the host goes, "Why are you two? What's what's wrong with you?" And one of them goes, "That's that's my house." So he he brings he brings him down to the stage, and uh, and says, "That's your house. Who who are those kids? Oh, they were so and so, so and so, and so and so, and their cousin and so and so." And he says, "Well, there's something special about this kid. Like, what happened?" And they tell this whole backstory that um, one of the lady's daughters had um, leukemia. And like little tiny girl, like I don't know, three or four years old. Yeah, three or four, very young. Yeah. And and th- their cousin was like a, a bone marrow match, and uh, and and donated them the bone marrow. Uh, went on, uh, you know, underwent an operation to save the life of this little girl, and it was like successful. And they explained the story, and then Tuberty says. Um, and what would you think if, if the kids were here today? And they said, oh, I don't know. And he's like, oh, well, that, we taped that earlier. The kid, Everyone's here, and all the kids run out, and, and whatever, the husbands and that. And they're interviewing the little boy, and Tuffy's like, you know, that was very scary. Why did you do that? And the little kid goes, to save her life. And it was just like t- tugging at the old Griffin heartstrings, you know? And he was like, he's like... He's like in tears. He was like in tears. It wasn't like this pre-prepared thing. It was very raw in a way, yeah. And you know, and they're saying, "Well, look, you're you're like a real, it's like a real Christmas hero, a real Christmas, you know, story." And um, and they bring out his like, he's like a big rugby fan. They bring out the Irish rugby team, who are like, "You're coming to our game. You're coming to our our training. Here's a jersey and everything." And then they say, "And we're sending the family off to uh, to Orlando Universal Studios or something as well." And it, but it it was like. It was real, you know. The, the Toy Story is is a very, very light entertainment, you know. And then suddenly it kind of ended with this, you know, toys and that are fun, but there's like there's these real amazing kids out there who do amazing stuff, and it was really really fantastic television. I thought it was I thought it was excellent. Yeah. So uh, it was a uh, and it's I mean the Irish often regard as funny as it is often regard that as the start of the real Christmas season, and uh, you know I think it was a uh, the right foot to get it off on. Um, I also. Watched. Uh, I watched the Father Ted Christmas special, of course. Oh yeah, uh, you know a classic, still great. Uh, now onto the liars, um, <laughs> uh, and countless other great lines. It's uh, always great. Uh, I watched the Office Christmas specials. I think that was the first thing I watched actually of the year, um, uh, which is which was great. Uh, that actually started me off rewatching. I just rewatched the Office then again in the week. Uh, which is still very good, baby. Uh, and the other thing about The Office is whenever you want to rewatch it, it's like two evenings worth of binging. It's nothing. 
I mean, it's like, it's just, you, you sit down, you're like, oh, let's watch this again. And you're done. It's great. It doesn't eat up a week or a month, and it's digestible, and it's great, and it's just it's classic. So that was good. Uh, I think I watched, they're, they're not really as notable as kind of holiday episodes, but I watched like some some Friends Christmas stuff just because it's on Netflix. It's right there. So I watched that. Um, but yeah, you know, off to a good start. Watch the classics. I haven't watched, um, obviously, when I watched Marriage Be Not Proud, of course. Uh, oh. Points, uh, possibly the best. Yeah, uh, and all the other classic uh, Christmas Simpsons, like uh, 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 uh. Uh, I like the Malcolm in the Middle episode, Christmas episodes from like season two or something. I like mm. the Futurama ones. You know, I get all them. I uh, I was talking to uh, a couple of weeks ago to uh, a buddy of mine who who works in the uh, Impact social media team mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i just made a suggestion to him which he actually took on board and on their twitch channel in the week they are showing the barbed wire christmas tree episodes of impact so i'm gonna watch that i bet that holds up really well um with like relic versus black rain versus abyss in the silent night bloody night match or whatever it is uh you know you, you, a household tradition i'm sure across the globe um so yeah, what about you, Les? Any other telly you're watching Christmas telly or or otherwise? Uh, not really started on any telly yet. I do want to watch The Office. Um, we watched a few Christmas movies yesterday. Home Alone 2. Uh, you can find first Home Alone anywhere, so Home Alone 2. Um, what else did you watch? A Santa Claus. Uh, were your worst nightmare? Elves with attitude. <laughs> Uh, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was, was funny. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that all the way through before. Um, yeah, and then a bit of Home Alone because it was on Channel Four tonight, so we're watching a bit of that. But yeah, fully, fully in the swing now. How about you, Paul? Any, any telly? No, Toy Show was really it. Still catching up on MasterChef. Oh, we have actually still have one episode of MasterChef to watch. Um, I did watch an episode of South Park as well. Not the most recent one, but the one before that, and I thought it was quite poor. Um, but I've heard the latest one is very good, so I'm excited to get a chance to sit down and watch that. Hmm. Alrighty, we will uh, soldier on here. A uh, bit of music. Golf. I listened to some music this week. For change. What? Uh, I mentioned to you, Paul, when I recommended you uh, Good AM, the Mac Miller album, mm. uh, that I, I had yet to listen to Swimming, which was released in August of this year, about like three weeks before he died. It was very, very, very close to his death. Uh, I listened to that this week, and I loved it. I thought it was actually better than... I had heard it was great. I, I actually think I preferred it to, to Good AM, just off a, a, a first uh, uh, listen um it's very 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 powerful i mean as you probably picked up when you listen to, to good am and he's very earnest about his addiction issues and that's even more so evident in this one mm. uh you know if there was one song i i would recommend to people it would be uh 2009 which is a it's like one of the most honest and real rap songs i think i've like ever heard like ever 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 it's it's really poignant and obviously even more so now listening to it uh, uh yeah it's it's great it's really really tremendous um and so I, I give that a big recommendation to anyone listening uh what about you paul what are you listening to this week and was it this is just off your own back or was this a suggestion from uh from someone um well i i think i mentioned before i start recording i don't know why but i'm in a kind of pop teeny bopper 
mood lately, and I found myself listening to a lot of Spice Girls. That, that, sounds, bit, that sounds a bit, you know, Britney Spears. Anyone want to isolate that sound clip and hold Paul to 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 you know you know out of context, get him in some trouble, go nuts. Hey, I ain't no Kevin Hart. Um, <laughs> listen to uh, ABBA a lot lately. Enjoying some ABBA lately. Um, but yeah, in the middle there, I listened to an album by a rapper called Benny the Butcher. Um, uh, it was not personally recommended to me by anyone, but I did see Brian Altano tweeted about it. That was one of his favorite albums of the year. So I thought I'd check it out. And um, it's funny because I often, w- with films, will say stuff like, well, you know, I liked the first hour. It wasn't so hot on the, on the second hour or whatever. But I listened to this album in two sittings. One, the first... Um, let's say 20 minutes or so on the train on the way into work and then the rest of it on the train out of work and I don't know whether it was necessarily the song quality or just my mood at a certain time of day or the you know level of attention I was paying to it but on the way in I was kind of I wasn't really getting into it I was thinking no, it's, I, I don't really I don't really get the praise for it it's kind of like a generic you know dirty rap album and then on the way back, like right, I don't know, around track like six, track seven, I picked it up again and I just was like immediately into it. And I was kind of, you know, nodding my head to it on the train the way back. Um, so maybe it's a, an album that I need to go back and give like a full listen to again. But uh, another one I definitely kind of enjoyed. A um, lot of good stuff on that. And maybe that's one that I recommend to Barry to listen to. Okay. Yeah. Or to Joe. Uh, the album is called Tana Talk 3, and it's by Benny the Butcher. Uh, worthless. Got it. Yeah. Um, and like I say, if you are if you kind of pick it up and, and after maybe three or four songs you're saying, oh, I don't know, um, stick through it until at least after the halfway point, because I, I really found the second half of the album like very, very strong. Okay. Uh, is that that's our music guff for the week? I guess we can jump in to game guff. What are you playing? Uh, still tipping away at Assassin's Creed. Is it? Still tipping away at Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I I just passed. Sit down for this one, folks. Okay. I just passed ninety two hours. Jesus. Uh, in Assassin's Creed, I I would estimate that I have a further five or six hours to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna predict, or I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say, by the next time we speak, the game will be done. With a lovely platinum trophy to go with it, baby. Um, Confident man. Yeah, ninety-two hours in. I've got, I've only got one and a half little areas left to clear out. Then I'll I will have you know completed the entire map, and then all that's left for me to do is like mainline the story. So I would estimate um, clearing out the rest of the map is going to take me another like two and a half, three hours, and then another two and a half, three hours for all the the rest of the story missions, and then I'll be done. Um, and maybe maybe an hour for like if I'm missing specific trophies that I need to go back and do something for, I I have an extra hour for that. But I'm going to say I'm going to clock in under a hundred hours, um, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where I am with it now. Like, I feel in the last like two weeks, I've played a good, you know, fifteen further hours. Um, 
and it's yeah it's very very long i mean i've said that before but i it's not often these days um that i'll put 92 hours into a new game um specifically in such a kind of small period because i i only got you know honestly when did it come out like fifth of october was it october yeah so it's it's been like two months give or take and i've already put um 92 hours in like because i i typically will will play a game at a much slower pace than that but obviously i i've um games coming uh for the yuletide so i need to have it done and dusted by then before um i can start digging into uh red Mm. dead and um smash bros and stuff like that yeah i I just uh jumped back into red dead this afternoon like i haven't touched it for two weeks yeah it's like all the little contrary bits of it just jump out at me straight away every time i pick it back up just the lack of fast travel and the way you have to fight the controls to do certain things but also i stuck with it i, I played it for about four hours today so yeah. like it, it's it's just, that it, that's the constant mood of me playing that game like oh why does this work this way or why does it not work this way but it's it's still kind of endlessly alluring and it's like i forgot after two weeks i was like this is such a fucking gorgeous game like it is remarkable to look at like every yeah. Every second I'm playing it, I'm just looking at it, going, "My God, this is this is like the dream you were sold a couple of years ago when these new consoles came out." You know, it's great. But uh, other things I've been playing this week, played some new games, mm. got yet more use out of my VR headset after I was talking earlier in the year about how much I regretted it. Uh, mm. I haven't finished Astrobot yet, but I'm, I'm still playing that and loving it. Uh, I played a game that's actually not exclusive to VR; it's it's an optional thing. Uh, the Tetris Effect. Have you played this bowler? No, but I know about it, yeah. So basically, it's Tetris Effect. It is, it's, you know, at its core, it is kind of just a bare-bones uh, Tetris game, but it's it's surrounded by a, a very trippy, uh, uh, beautiful uh, uh, imagery and music. They're not very connected. It's almost kind of um, hallucinogenic in a way. Mm. Like the, the very first level is like underwater. And it's, a, it's, I believe it's from one of the, or the director of this is one of the minds behind uh, Luminous or Lumines, the, the, mm-hmm. the PSP game. And so basically it's just kind of this, audio visual like sensory overload thing while you're playing tetris um the music is all beautiful and also it's one of the, one of my favorite things in games which is that the music notes play uh to correspond to your your button taps so rotating a piece plays a certain note moving a piece left or right plays a certain mm-hmm. note and slamming it into place plays a certain note and it's just it's very, satisfying it's um, very satisfying yeah yeah, it's 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 a simple pleasure, but it's great. So yeah, you could it's now it's a bit steep for what is ultimately a, a Tetris game. It's forty quid, uh, forty euros. So what, what, what like you know thirty pounds or something maybe thereabouts. Uh, so you know not cheap um, uh, for a Tetris game, but I I play I, I tested some of it out without the VR headset. And it's 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 still really cool. It looks and sounds great. Well worth playing with headphones. But I would say it's worth the price tag if you do have the headset because. It's it's so beautiful to look at and listen to that it's actually another another great VR experience. And like Astrobot, what I like about it is 
You can sit in your arse and just put the headset on and there's no fucking waving your hands <laughs> around, moving your furniture about, breaking stuff, the fucking move controllers, losing tracking and forgetting where you are. None of that bullshit. It's pretty much just a cool game that you can watch sort of all in your peripheral vision. And, and it's very, very good. So, so big thumbs up on that one. And also uh, thumbs up. I'm about halfway through Donut County which I'm playing on the PlayStation 4, but if you are the owner of an iOS device of any variety, uh, it's not on Android, it's, a, it's an iOS exclusive, you can play it on your tablet or your phone. Uh, basically, uh, Donut County is a very charming little indie game with a great art style and a great sense of humor, where you play as a raccoon who has an app that causes a hole to open up in the world, and you literally just go to various locations and it's trying to swallow up everything in say this camping site or this trailer park or this this uh you know uh construction site and the way it works is it's kind of like the old uh, katamari damacy games if anyone remembers those on ps2 your hole starts quite small so you're swallowing up little pebbles and flowers and rocks and pots and it grows with everything you swallow so then you're swallowing you know like tables and 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 pieces of equipment and then eventually you're, you're swallowing up billboards and uh, uh houses and things like that um, really, really simple game, but really, really fun. I think it'd be great on, on phones. Uh, it's one of those games you can tell on the PS4. It kind of it was designed with like a phone interface in mind. Um, it's also twelve quid on PS4. I think it's like a fiver on phones. So I, I'd maybe recommend that. Really great, very, very funny. Uh, it's it, the whole game is from the raccoon's perspective. Uh, so it has a an encyclopedia of all the random everyday objects uh, you swallow up, but they're obviously written from his understanding of what the objects are, and it's very funny. Um, yeah, so uh, thumbs up on that one as well. So those are two recommendations for the old, uh, uh, you know, um, game guff. Mm. So uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's all of game guff there um, this week. Uh, do you want to jump into movie guff, Paul? Please. So I only, uh, I only watched one movie this week, and I know Barry, you've seen it as well. So we can kind of discuss this back and forth, I guess. I don't know if Joe has seen it as well. Maybe yes. What was it? Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck It Ralph two. No, not seen that yet. Have you seen Wreck It Ralph one, Joe? I've seen that one, the first one. Yeah, first one, really good. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was a mixed bag. Um, there was stuff in it that I really, really liked. Um, I thought outside of kind of the the internet, you know framework i thought that it told a a decent little story of you know friends who friends who want different things from life um one who wants kind of stability and normalcy and one who wants spontaneity and change and how you know how friends really should support each other at times like that you know i, th- I thought that i thought that was done really really well and in particular um, I thought the direction they went with it, especially towards the end, wasn't the direction I kind of anticipated they were going to go. Yeah. Um, and for the better. I thought the ending was very strong. Yeah, I agree. Um, on the other hand, I thought the majority of the internet references were really weak. Mm-hmm. And at times it just it, it just seemed like that there was references for the sake of references. You know, like, oh, it's... Um, antivirus land and it's you know it's uh 
it's uh, Facebook and Google, and you know, it's there was really no substance to a lot of the references. It was unlike the first record, Ralph, where I thought the little references they made added kind of to the the story and what was going on. Here, they just felt completely superfluous. Uh, I did quite like the the little Disney uh, princess thing, but, but even that had nothing to do with the internet. That was like completely separate from all that, which is very strange. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of fell, you know, in the middle of. It. I thought there was stuff about it I really liked, and there was a lot about it that I I kind of found myself like thinking like, is this really any better than, you know, your your minions or your you know emoji movie? You know, it, it was some of it felt like on that level, which is far below what I expect from a record off movie. Yeah, I mean, the first one was so good. Yeah, I I think I almost word for word agree with pretty much everything you said. Right. I thought like in the first film, it was like. It was all kind of lovingly made kind of approximations of video game tropes, yeah. like playing. And then the actual video game characters were like cameos, right? You, you know, Sonic popping up, your Zangief, whatever. Whereas this one, it's kind of like, hey, look, it's Amazon. Hey, look, it's eBay. Hey, look, it's Google. Here's the actual thing. And that's that's kind of it in a lot of ways. Like, it's just a lot of very surface level. Here's the brands. Also, it's like. This isn't necessarily; these aren't necessarily things you can satirize in a kids' film. But it's it's like it felt very cynical to me that they're just looking at all these shitty internet properties that I hate um, uh, presented as just oh, look at these fun time land. Let's go to Amazon, you know. Um, uh, it just felt very odd, and I think just at its core, I liked the the, the, the dynamic of the overall story about those friends, like you mentioned. Um, that that was something I did like, but I feel like in general, I I didn't think it was that funny very often. I don't think it's a very funny no, film. No, no. Uh, first one I had, I had quite a few laughs, but um, yeah, it, it was a very mixed bag. I went, I just went, you know, three stars on that one. Yeah, I, w- I went a five on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it very um, five out of ten. All five, five out of ten. Yeah, not the not the uh, on the Belzer scale. Um, the, the, in particular, there's one bit that really struck me as kind of odd in terms of how these movies are usually structured is that like the story of the movie is that um the steering wheel on Vanellope's arcade machine gets broken um and it's expensive to replace because it's an old arcade machine so Ralph and Vanellope go into the internet to try and raise money to get the the power replaced otherwise it's going to be disconnected and she'll have no world um and he he overhears one of the kids in the real world look it up on eBay, right? And say, oh, it's $200 on eBay or whatever. And he mishears this as the e-boy, right? So I'm expecting in my head that it's going to be a quest to find the e-boy, right? Yeah. Whatever. you know, That's just what I have in my head. Whatever that leads to, what that means, I don't know. But they're looking for the e-boy. You know, like a little misunderstanding. But what happens is like one scene later, it, they just go e-boy. Oh, no, it's eBay. Never mind. And I'm like, what's the point of the whole e-boy misunderstanding? Um, and then they set up as well, okay? And this is, to me, one of the biggest missed opportunities and baffling things in the movie, right? They set up that because Vanellope's world um, is closed down, that everybody from there is kind of like a, a, a refugee in the other worlds, right? And um, Fix-It Felix, played by Kenneth from 30 Rock, and um, I don't. Rem- still, right? I, I don't remember the other character's name, but it's played by Jane Lynch, the Jane Lynch, the yeah. shoot 'em up lady, right? 
they adopt like 15 of the racers and they're all like crazy and they're going around the house and then they just don't appear in the movie for the next hour and a half until the very end and I was actually thinking like towards the end of the movie I'm like oh yeah remember they set that up that all the other racers were going to live with them they just did nothing with it (laughs) it was just never referred to again until until right at the end of the movie um really odd like because they spend loads of time setting it up at the beginning yeah like there's actually scenes that take place specifically to set up that story and then the, that b plot just is completely forgotten about and uh, also those like central liked characters from the last film just aren't in the movie for the most part yeah that was a that was a bummer it was yeah and the new and the new characters they introduced i had no real affinity for at all the oh. death rate oh. in, uh, in particular the um the well, for some reason, YouTube is in the movie, but they don't use YouTube as the video streaming site. They they call it BuzzTube. Yeah, which is really strange. And then there's like a search engine, but it's not Google, even though Google is also in the movie. I, I don't it's know. In the film. Yeah, and also it's like uh, a lot of the again, whereas the original, the homages to video games were all kind of lovingly crafted and very well done and interesting. Like they have a character in this, and her thing is she's the algorithm. But they never do anything like she's not. It's not, it's not like a very well done, nuanced joke about algorithms. It's just oh, she's the lady who decides if we do well or not. And there's not, there's nothing else to it. You know what I mean? It's not. They don't run anywhere with that joke. It's, it's very middle of the road. It's, and, and, so I think it's not I, a bad film, but it sure feels like a bad sequel to a great film. And I don't think it's necessarily a spoiler, right? But the way the algorithm character, who I think is called like Yes, right? Yes. She like at the, when she's introduced, she's really like mean, and she's re—I don't know, maybe this is just the way I read it, but she's like mean to her little subservient pleb. And I was like, oh, she's she's going to be the antagonist here. Uh, mm. No, she's just she's just uh, a character that is kind of neither a protagonist nor an antagonist. I, I guess she falls more in the fence of the protagonist than the antagonist. <laughs> oh but, yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a buddy, yeah. But she's really like unpleasant she's the first time to meet her. <laughs> Because, I mean, her character was, like, to, to me, my read of it was that her character was very, like, vapid and, and cynical about everything. It wasn't like a, a character who's like, oh, you have to believe in the real, the real, you know, the internet can be a really good place and blah, blah, blah. She's just like, oh, you're not getting enough likes. Oh, you're, you're done. You're done, kid. And I'm like, why is this character? If, if, if they're a protagonist, why don't I like them? Why are they so horrible? I don't know. So yeah, middle, very middle of the road. Very middle of the road. Big shame. Uh, fair enough. So uh, a film I saw, which is not middle of the road, it's great, was, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, Sorry to Bother You, uh, which I saw as a uh, Odeon screen unseen, which is basically their thing of, uh, come here, we'll show you a film that's not out yet, but we're not going to tell you what it is. Uh, so first of all, it was a small enough theater, but it was almost sold out. Um, uh, I don't know if people thought they were they were getting something else or, or or if they knew it was this and they were excited to see it or what, but I was very surprised to see that. It was a week before Creed came out, so I was thinking, do they, do they maybe think they're getting Creed early? Which I... Foolish to think that, but... Um, so yeah, I saw Sorry to Bother You in a theater full of Irish people who didn't know what to expect. Um, and it was one of my favorite cinema going experiences in in recent memory because sorry to bother you first of all is incredible 
It is a tremendous film. It is hilarious. It's one of my favorite films of the year. It's also one of those extremely weird, like, surreal indie films, the type of which I don't get to see in the cinema a whole lot. Uh, these are not the type of things that come out in Ireland very often, I don't feel. They certainly don't make it to Limerick very often, I feel. Um, and so getting to see that in a cinema, certain scenes in particular are just so bizarre that, that seeing them in a cinema environment is very weird. In particular, like a lot of people, there's a lot of whispering when the title was announced. It felt obvious to me. People had no idea what this film was. They'd never even heard of it. Um, and some of the gasps and the, the chuckling and the... <laughs> the muttering during this film it was just it was genuinely a great great film going experience where i where i could kind of sense the 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 pleasant bemusement from everyone in attendance it was really great um so yeah i don't really want to talk too much about the actual film because i went in i knew its name and i'd heard a lot of like americans talk about it from its limited theatrical release earlier in the year but i kind of specifically did not look anything up because that's what i try and do these days i really like to go in as cold as i can that would be my recommendation for everyone would be a see this film and b just go in not knowing anything um uh and you will uh you'll be very pleasantly surprised so yeah super thumbs up on that oh uh, conversely uh wreck it ralph 2 genuinely one of the worst cinema going experiences ever and not oh really because it was full of kids because you, you know you go see a movie like this there's gonna be kids like whatever they'll be talking or squeaking or whatever but um <laughs> i'll be honest there was some uh ruffians some uh some oh, no no. Dicks, um who i'll be honest i don't think they paid for their tickets uh because they <laughs> were get ready for ott and tala brother go on <laughs> <laughs> uh they were sitting at the back right on their phones Vaping. uh uh, they might as well have been, mate. They might as well have been. They're about 12 years old. The type of people who just hang out at cinemas and shopping uh, centers because they don't go to youth clubs. Um, uh, but they were hoot and hollering and screaming and shouting. Like, to an insane degree. Like, not just, you know, you get annoyed at someone in the because they talk at their full voice rather than whispering. No, they, they were quite obviously just bored fucking little arseholes who, who had nothing else to do and saw one film and then went into Wreck-It Ralph after. And so they were being so obnoxious. And so someone... <laughs> complained not me i'm not a grass i hated him but i'm not a grass right um uh and, ma- and the manager came in and this is how i why i think they didn't have tickets he didn't even tell him to be quiet he just told him to get out because i because they obviously did not have uh, tickets right mm. so they hop and skip and jump down the steps like a bunch of arseholes this is within the first 20 minutes i did i you know okay very grumpy but then there was people of a similar age 12 13 who stayed behind us and I don't know if like they were just really hungry or or they um, dropped something or what. They must have gone to the the uh, concession area, you know, get snacks like three times in the first hour. Hmm. And again, with these people who I feel like they were just going to the cinema just to do something because they didn't really give a shit about the film or or like the standard etiquette, just clomping up and down the steps with each fucking journey, making loads of noise, rustling their shit, talking to each other. Fucking just go and get your sweets. Jesus fucking Christ. I could not believe it. And then when they came back again, these these are those type of people who are just chatting at their normal, you know, voice volume about their lives that nobody cares about. Um, uh, including them, realistically. I mean, they'll soon realize the hollowness of it all. But um, <laughs> um, just fucking insufferable the fucking worst like every bad cinema goer trope imaginable it was so fucking painful um so yeah that's that's uh we, uh, we had quite uh, a good wreck it ralph experience because we went see it in imax at eleven twenty in the morning i'd say oh. th- i'd say there was us 
and maybe three or four other little groups of two or three in a room that sits about 700. <laughs> so it was pretty quiet, I would say. I don't think I heard a single person talk or get their phone out the entire movie. That's good. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so what should we do next? Uh, no emails for anyone. Uh, so uh, do we have a quiz this week? We do. We have got a little wrong the truth yeah. killings. Back oh, here there. we go. Uh, so the topic this week, right, is wrestler real names. <gasps> okay. So I'll give you I'll give you a little a little background to this quiz to get your get your mind thinking. Okay, um, every answer of this week's wrong the truth killings is either the real name of a wrestler who is currently under contract to WWE, or is a chess world champion. Ah, okay. And the boys will have to say i'll give them a name and they have to say is it wrong i.e is it a a chess world champion or is it the truth is it really a wrestler's real name so who'd like to go first can you just repeat that yeah so (laughs) if it is if it is the truth it's a wrestler's Uh, real wrestler's real name so did you say they're under current currently under contract to w okay so that's what i missed yeah yeah got it okay so who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first, sure. Okay, Barry is first up here. And the first name, Robert Fisher. Mm, Barry, is uh, that the truth or wrong? That is wrong. Wrong. Joe? Uh, I'm going to say it's a chess player, so wrong. Okay, wrong. Number two, Magnus Carlson, Joe. Magnus Carlson. Yeah. Jeez. I can't think of any uh, sort of Scandinavian WWE. <laughs> so I'm going to go Chessy, okay. one of the chess boys. Chess, chess, chess man. Barry. I'll say Chessman as well, yeah. Chessman as well. I was running through NXT people and I was like, nah. Not to be confused with Chessman, the luchador. Uh, Number three, Barry. Jeffrey Shulo. Uh, I'll spell that surname, by the way. S-C-H-I-U-L-L-O. Shulo. Fuck. Um... That's not how I expected that name to be spelled, first of all, when you first said it. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. It doesn't ring a bell. Well, but I feel like they missed something obvious. I'll say false. Uh, 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 wrong on that one. Okay, Joe. Uh, I don't know. I'll go truth. Truth. Okay. That's wrestler, sorry. Num- yeah, truth. Yeah, truth is wrestler. Number four. Jose Raul Capablanca. Joe. I'm a wrestler. Wrestler. So the truth. Barry. Jose Raul Capablanca. Mm, I will say... Truth. Truth on that one. Okay, number five. This one's for Barry first. Okay. Matthew 
Raywalt. Raywalt spelled R E H W O L D T. Uh, okay. Barry. Um. I really don't know. Uh, I'll just say truth. Okay. Joe. Uh, I'll go truth. I've no idea. Truth on that one as well. Okay. Number six. First one for Joe here. Charles Allegra. Charles Allegra. I got uh, wrong. Wrong. Barry. I'll say the truth. The truth on that one. And number seven. Barry. Emmanuel Lasker. God, that's the most chess player sounding name I've ever heard. I'll say I'll say false. Okay, or, Joe. <laughs> uh yeah, I can't imagine. Emmanuel? Yeah, I'll go I'll go uh, wrong. Wrong. Okay. So we have our seven now. So run through the list and see what the points end up as. So number one, Robert Fisher. Uh, Barry and Joe both said that, that was wrong, i.e. that that was a chess player. Uh, a point each for that. That's correct. Is that Bobby Fisher? Bobby uh, Fish. Uh, no, <laughs> that is a... Uh, no, that's a yeah, it's like the most famous yeah, like chess player. Yeah. Chess player. Uh, number two, Magnus Carlsen. Barry and Joe said wrong on that. Uh, again, that is also correct. Also a chess player. Uh, Jeffrey Shulo, uh, Barry said that that was wrong. Joe said that that was the truth. Uh, that is the name of Elias, WWE superstar, who played the guitar. Uh, number four, Jose Raul Capablanca. Joe and Barry both said that that was the truth. Uh, that is the name of a chess player, I'm afraid. So that's wrong. Uh, number four. Matthew Raywalt, Barry said the truth. Joe said the truth. Uh, correct. Aiden English. <laughs> that is his real name. Number six, Charles Allegra. Joe said wrong. Barry said the truth. Uh, Charles or Chad Allegra is the name of Carl Anderson mm. from that tag team with Luke Gallows. And Emmanuel Lasker, Barry and Joe both said wrong, is correct. Which gives us a final score of Joe 5, Barry 5. So it's a tie! Ah. One where I'd get him. I don't actually have a tiebreaker, I'm afraid. That's so. all right. That's all right. It's fine. I'm I, I'm working my way back up. You know, I got the tie after losing for oh about two years now. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'll count that as uh, as the beginning of my road back to victory. Five off. This, this pretty good. That was going to be Barry's big Tyson Fury esque comeback from, uh, you know, the grave. drugs and mental health and ballooning weight. Um, but you know, Sorry, talking about me or him? What? <laughs> but, uh, uh, anyway, it was a draw, so disappointing. <laughs> so I die anyway. Um, speaking of dead, Dynamite Kids, uh, actually dead. Um, it's funny because I I thought he had died like a few years ago. He's one of those ones that you hear that they died. You go, what? He was alive? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, he hasn't he has not had a good few uh decades. Uh you know. Literally, I mean, just completely destroyed his body wrestling. Um Well, there's that famous clip of him obviously sitting in the chair. With his sky yeah. How long ago was that from? That was wasn't that post wasn't that the point of it post Benoit? Like he was he was speaking about Benoit, was that not it? Was that, that it was like um yeah, where he's talking about all the bad shit he did to his wife. Just yeah. what, talking about what a big piece of shit he was. So that, uh, even that was like, what, 11 years ago? It was definitely around then, yeah. So it was like the CNN Benoit thing, I'm fairly sure. Right. But, like, you know, talking to my kid, he also, like, uh, I haven't read his book. But my understanding is that he did not, you know, he did not deny that he was an arsehole in his book. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, so there's, uh, you know, the two sides, obviously, to him is that and also his his massive, massive influence in wrestling. Um, uh, obviously, Benoit was just like a, a, a you know, a little mini dynamite kid, your Davy Richards, Eddie Edwards, uh, countless other people, massively influential, you know, you know, the famous Tiger Mask Mask from 82, which was like, you know, kind of genre defining for juniors of that era and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, a big, a big, uh, uh, you know, a big influencer to use a horrible 2018 term, a big influencer in, in wrestling. Any, any particular memories spring to mind for you lads, any matches or anything? I mean, he was not, not anyone I kind of studied, but I, you know, I'd, I'd seen his matches. Obviously, I could understand his, his influence, but uh, any any takes on, on Dynamite Kid? He's uh, one of those, he was around just, just before, you know, the kind of mainstream. Um, and so I think I probably have watched a few of his matches from Japan and were very good, but it's not someone that I kind of studied that much. Um, probably known best as the bloke who everyone jokes about with the sky remote and the <laughs> being a bit of a twat basically and he does sound like a massive twat you know the, the pranks yeah. and thinking the way he treated his wife um but yeah he was only 60 i mean he's not not that old um did outlast the british bulldog surprisingly by quite a long time despite the fact that he was in ill, Ill health but yeah, yeah definitely i think one of the one of the great pioneering wrestlers can't deny that hmm um, in other uh, uh, wrestling news, there was uh, several updates and reports coming out about the WWE UK contracts. Uh, Paul and Joe, did you follow much of this? Did you see much of the scuttlebutt about well, this? Well, of course, yeah. It was kind of yeah. the talk of the town for a couple of days. The, the back and forth on the twitters.com. So... The uh, the story came out. It was a uh, Wrestle Talk, you know, formerly the entity behind that TV show, still a website. I was not even aware they were still operating as a website, but um, they came out and basically said that there was a contract renegotiation and restructuring at the most recent set of tapings, which will come into effect in January. And basically, it seems like there's different tiers of guys on different contracts, and also that you know special circumstances are being taken into consideration for some people but generally speaking the gist of it is they're top tier guys they're their main guys that they are pushing on the show which is your british strong style your mark andrews your jordan devlin your wolf gang your you know the, the the kind of the flagship people on that brand your zach gibson um that they are pretty much just going to be allowed work the he fully co-opted promotions that WWE does business with, ICW, the scabs, the the, the, 
the traitors, the, the, the people who brought death to the European Indies, uh, the cowards of progress, the cowards in ICW. Uh, yeah. uh, but also there's a very small list, uh, kind of what's being referred to as like a whitelist promotion of people who are not contractually in bed with WWE, but who have been given the okay by WWE, which would include your OTT and also you know some smaller places like Future Shock Wrestling. So your UK guys, they can work those promotions, and that is pretty much it. Uh, so your mid-tier indies, uh, like TNT in Liverpool, which was co- probably Jordan's most cons- Jordan Devlin's most consistent UK booking, that's that's out of the picture. Uh, Riptide Wrestling, which the British Strong Style lads were on quite a bit, that's out of the question. Uh, Eve Women's Wrestling, which Tony Storm, she's obviously one of the top top figures in WWE UK. Uh, she had to do a farewell there last night at their show. Um, so it seems like yeah, if Ginny you are not as on, well, I saw. Ginny as well, obviously a fixture of the industry. So if you are not on a, if you're not on the good boy list, you are, you are basically shit out of luck. Uh, no Gibson, no, no British strong style, no Tony storm, all these, all these mainstays of, of the Indies. Um, uh, fight club pro again, not, not fully co-opted, but on the approved list. So you can work there. Um, uh, just a very, very uh, interesting uh, set of set of rules coming out. A lot of people very angry about it. A lot of people, you know, just expressing uh, lots of frustration at WWE. There was there was additional information, including um, even in those pre-approved promotions, your Progress, your ICW, your OTT, uh, your Pete Dunn's et al. They cannot work against people who are contracted to New Japan. Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, MLW, and what was there was another World of Sport, and World of Sport's kind of the big one. Um, uh, so, so you'll still see your Pete Dunne and your Jordan Devlin in progress, but you can forget about them working against, you know, Will Ospreay, uh, uh, Pentagon, you know, uh, mm-hmm. any of these any of these stars were signed to other places. Right, which. Well. Which, which really makes you wonder why these people, why you don't just scoop these people up and put them in Florida. You know what I mean? To, to give them actual deals if you're gonna if you're gonna give them these things. But um, so yeah, that was that was the thing. Devlin said that he would he said that he would absolutely be working OTT on a regular basis. The uh, whether or not that will be reflected on video on demand is a is a question mark. I don't think anyone has the answer to that just yet. Um, and the other thing, the other wrinkle that came out was that ICW and Progress have apparently already signed deals and already agreed money figures so that WWE has the option to, at any time, purchase them outright and shutter them if they so choose. Um, I remember this story was floating around for a while there. A few months ago, my understanding of it at the time was that if those companies wanted to sell, that WWE would have first right of refusal on that. The most recent report suggests that it's pretty much our. It's it, it hasn't happened, but it's a done deal. That basically, once WWE decides to do it, they they can do it, which is quite the um, <laughs> quite the alarming thing when you consider those are the two big the big hitters on the entire scene. Hmm. Uh, that they might go away with the snap of a fingers. Yeah, ICW just here. had their. Hydro show. There was it. Their third hydro show. Their fourth one. Yeah. Now it was by all accounts not very well attended, but they still they still do big venues and they also tour a lot. I mean, ICW do a lot of shows, so even if they're not all doing gangbuster business, they've they've made a business model out of running shows very regularly and uh, and 
by all accounts, making a good whack of money for everyone involved uh, with their shows. And Progress, I mean, Progress, for as maligned as they might have become in recent months, they still do gangbusters business. They sell out everywhere they go. They, you know, they they do very well for themselves. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, quite the shift in the industry. Uh, and this also came out at the same time as the, not from WWE, but uh, PW Insider and other people are confirming that Walter has uh, signed with WWE as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's What's interesting about that is they seem to have been so desperate to get him just to stop, you know, the Elise or New Japan or anyone like that getting their hands on him. They seem to have bent over backwards to give him the most sweetheart deal imaginable. Um, he is going to stay based in Germany, which is where he currently lives. He will continue to be allowed to work all the pre-approved indies that he wants. He will be kind of something something along the lines of an NXT freelancer, which I'd imagine means he shows up, does TV, does the odd takeover, and then goes back to Germany and goes back to just being Walter. Uh, you know, it, it seems like all they wanted was just his name on a piece of paper that says he won't do any Cody Rhodes promotion, basically, is the vibe I got off it. Right. Um, uh, yeah, which is, I think, I think that has, is that, that didn't happen, that happened while we were off, didn't it? The, it seems like that's yeah. a real thing now, the elite starting up their own promotion. Lots of, lots of big seismic shifts since the last time we did this show, and WWE seemingly getting very nervous and, and, um, uh, locking everyone down. What do you guys think about it? I think WWE's paranoid. You think they're, 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 they're worried about these other entities, the, the world of sport and the Cody Rhodes. You think they're, Think they're shaking a little bit. Uh, I'd say they're absolutely paranoid about any form of competition, no, how, no matter how small or insignificant. Uh, I think that's just the way they're wired. They 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 don't want anyone else to try and represent or create a version of wrestling that isn't um, what they make wrestling to be. It's like if Coca Cola bought up every other co- type of cola. So that the only version of cola was Coca Cola, um, and they've been doing they've been doing that since well, Vince has been doing that since the beginning, and I don't think anything's going to change now. There's no, to me, uh, question that this is about shutting down competition, and you know, if if Progress and ICW want to s- sell up and make some money, then well, that's up to them really. Um, but it's it's fairly transparent what's what's going on. Um, and also, I mean, you know, uh, as I mentioned there with Walter, they they just want anyone with a name to just sign a bit of paper saying you can't be on TV for anyone else. There was also a report in The Observer that um, prior to his injury, WWE were interested in Marco Stunt, mm. which I like Marco Stunt. I've watched some of his matches. He's fun, but his gimmick is that he looks like a 12-year-old. Um so the idea that WWE are interested in him because he has a bit of buzz kind of tells you all you need to know about their panicky, we must have everyone so that they can't go anywhere else thing. Because he's not someone, they, I don't think they would have even hired him for joke purposes 10 years ago. I mean, he's like, he makes Colin Delaney look massive. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it's, it's kind of hilarious. But um, 2019 will be the, <laughs> the very interesting year, um, whether or not... Uh, I don't blame so like the British guys that have you know signed these deals and have signed with WWE. If that's what they want, obviously you know people want to go to WWE because it's the the biggest and, and best stage. If they want to do that, then you know fair play to them. Obviously, they then come out and say, "Oh, it won't affect the indie scene." You know, it won't affect the 
I mean, we know that's rubbish, obviously. <laughs> but they, yeah, they shouldn't have to feel bad about basically achieving their dream and going to WWE. It's just then a question of, well, actually, are you going to get to wrestle? Are you going to get to make money? Are you just being used as a kind of tool who's going to be put on yeah. the shelf? To, you know. Um, mm. I, yeah, I, I don't begrudge any of the individuals, especially because like those deals, when they first came out, I think they were rumored to be around 20, 20 to 25,000 pounds a year before that's just that's your downside from WWE that's not even before your booking fee uh, for your actual indies and it's like you look at that and it's like okay these boys get to work all the well not all they get to work the big indies they always worked your progresses your OTTs and they get their WWE money and they get the occasional NXT appearance and it means most of them who were probably working shoot jobs in the week they can mm. jack those in they can keep their wrestling up and they, they can make a mint. Even if, even if they don't have big time success, I mean, they're not all being pushed like Pete Dunne. I mean, it's pretty much just him who's getting an actual push, but even if they don't get that, it's like they're, they're making their few Bob and, you know, fair play to them, whatever. That's fine. But yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't need to hear these lads then go on Twitter and say, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's actually good for everyone. It's like, no, it's not like, yeah, I, I don't begrudge you, but at the same time, don't, don't act like it's this great thing for the scene. Um, uh, that this is the way, um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 certainly complicated. A lot of moving parts. Um, a lot of people I know, like Tyson Tebow and like Ed Joseph Connors, they all went on Twitter and said, you know, individual cases are being considered, and uh, that would seem to be the case with Devlin. Certainly, I mean, he's still working his you know his own promotion. So I don't know. It's I think it'll be the new year before we really see what what this all means for everyone. But um, yeah, don't know don't know what the plan is for World of Sport in the new year. I I don't know. Are they taping more? I don't know. It seems like that that for that last season was very tepidly received, from what I saw. Um, uh, you know, stateside does all elite wrestling actually happen? Are they just are they copywriting stuff because they're just playing around with some ideas? There's talk that Cody is buddying up to the son of an NFL team owner. Did I see that? Um, yeah, that's the guy who's investing. Yeah, so that's you know, there's there's actual, real, tangible money behind any potential elite projects. Not just you know some guy with a few bobs, some lot of winners, some music promoter. Like no, a guy with actual money. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. Um, God, just I just realized saying this that we I didn't even have time to investigate any of the XFL stuff that happened this week. Um, uh, apparently that's happening, and they announced their teams. But you know, whatever. Wait, what? uh, they, yeah, they did a, a press conference this week. They announced six cities, uh, yeah. six six venues. They're going to be running MetLife Stadium in New in New Jersey, which is their Mania Stadium, which is like what seventy thousand people. So high hopes um, uh, for this thing. But I, I didn't I didn't actually watch the press conference myself. Um, I, I, other than the names of the cities involved, I don't think there was too much newsworthy out of it. Um, other than it's happening, and they, and there's still no TV deal announced as well. That's the other thing. Um, so yeah, uh, as for the actual, before we get to the uh, the OTT news, has anyone watched any of the actual wrestling in the last few weeks, or or no? I watched, I watched uh, NXT. I watched NXT. Okay. Um, don't have anything to say about it really. Um. I thought I thought the week before was pretty good. I think I don't know whether I spoke about that on the show. Well, obviously we didn't do one last week, but it had a good main event with Keith Lee against Lars Sullivan. I thought that was very good. Two big hosses is always a uh, 
recipe exactly. for good for good fun. Uh, God, what happened on this week's one? I know that um, Shayna Baszler had a good match with Dakota Kai. I'm trying to think what else happened on it. Matt Riddle was on it. It was a funny Matt Riddle match, right? Matt Riddle um, defeated Punishment Martinez, right? Which was okay. his debut, I believe. But Matt Riddle is, for all intents and purposes, the new kind of NXT star, right? Uh, he got, like, no offense in the match. Punishment Martinez just beat the shite out of him for the whole match. And then Riddle got him in the bro mission at the end and submitted him. And I was like, what a weird showcase for someone that you're trying to kind of build up. I guess the story was, look, even when he's kind of, like, you know, swimming against the tide, he can still win his match. And I was like, he just didn't look good. He got beat up by this guy who we'd never seen before. It was just a bit of an odd uh, story to tell. Uh, the Forgotten Sons were on as well. They defeated Humberto Carrillo and Raul Mendoza. That lad Humberto Carrillo is a lot of fun to watch. He does a lot of good flippy do's and stuff. He was on a few weeks ago as well. Uh, the Forgotten Sons are the latest uh, NXT wrestlers that I'm going to put my No Hoper sticker on. <laughs> um, they are dreadful. Uh, and that was really it. Then there was just a, a, a talking segment with Alistair Black, Tommaso Ciampa, and Gargano at the end. Uh, so apparently they're going to do a cage match, Alistair Black against Johnny Gargano. So that should be good. But uh, yeah, I think the women's match was pretty good. Apart from that, it was kind of a forgettable, forgettable show. Fair enough. I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of in a in a like if if my interest in wrestling goes in kind of a a wave, like up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm kind of on a down slide at the moment. Um, but I know every now and then NXT will have a match, whether it's like the Ricochet Pete Dunne one from a few weeks ago or a TakeOver will come along and it'll kind of pique my interest again. But um, right now I'm on the way down. And I actually got a clip of Raw for whatever reason. I think I just kind of I saw it on YouTube or whatever. And it was like, who was in the ring? So like Natalia or something and, and the Riot Squad. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? This I don't think I even like wrestling anymore looking at this. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I don't, I don't know that there's anything that could kind of get me to watch Raw these days. Raw oh, is such, Raw a, seems brutal. such a weird little, like if, if you had dipped out even for like three months and you just look up today, the Raw results, like for tomorrow night, right? It'll be like, who's, who's in your main event scene? Drew McIntyre, Lashley, Ziggler. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like there's just not, Anyone there that's like, oh, I'll tune in and check them out. Very odd. Very odd raw landscape at the moment. Obviously, you still have, like, Rollins and, and Ambrose, but, like, very, very weird. It feels a lot like 2002 raw at the moment, or 2003 raw. Kind of in a transitional period. Yeah. It's like they've, just from watching the YouTube clips, it's like they've killed the FUs. I mean, it just looks so stupid. Um, right, and they're, they're the Roman thing is out of their hands. Obviously, that I mean, it, it's really that short, um, and they're kind of lucky that they've they've kind of uh, locked into this Becky thing. Because Jesus, I mean, I watched the WrestleMania main event. If not for her, I mean, Brock and Rollins. I don't think so. I mean, that's not a great match on paper. Um, you know, it, it's just yeah, it's it's a very weird place. SmackDown seems a bit better, but I still can't really force myself to watch it. 
most month, most weeks. Um, I check I check it every now and then, and it's all right. I like you know Ray's on there, and that's good. It seems to be doing some okay stuff, but but yeah. So mm. yeah, TLC TLC is next week, and I I have the morning off the next day, so I might watch it, but I will not I'm not say I'm hyped for it. Um, but yeah. Um, I suppose we'll round up here with the uh, the OTT news. Uh, a bit of an up and down week for for, for OTT uh, uh, this week. They announced uh, in the middle of this week uh, that the arena on Shore Road, the Good Council GAA Hall, which is the home of the Keith Lee speedball match, the cage match that Paul saw live and, and raved about. The, the famous Walter Devlin match, which you know is now up for free that everyone saw and raved about, and the November event, uh, they, uh, Joe Cabray, uh, promoter of OTT, said that he found out this week that they will not be hosting any more OTT events. Uh, and that comes on the heels, obviously, of the Tivoli Theatre being demolished next month. Uh, so that really puts OTT kind of shit out of luck uh, when it comes to venues. Because now, basically, they have the Ringside Club, which is where I was last week, which is where they host their sort of training focus shows. I mean, I think the number they say is 400, but Paul, what would you say that venue is? I think it's like three. What, the Ringside Club? Yeah. Well, I've actually never been in the Ringside Club, so I can't really comment. I thought you've been contenders, haven't you? No, I did buy tickets to a contender show, um, but that was the one that it snowed. It was like immediately after that snow week, so I actually never got along to it. Oh wow. God! Just really go. I, I think I think you'd love it. I think contenders is great. Uh, but uh, oh, it's I mean it's three ish. It's 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 for training focus shows. It's not going to be a stopgap. It's not going to be the new home. I'll put it that way. And then they have the National Stadium, which is two thousand seats, and obviously that is not. They will not put that monthly. It's not viable. It's probably not affordable. Uh, there was no reasons given for the uh, the Shure Road news. I kind of assumed. Maybe they jacked the price up. Because uh, OTT have kind of got on record before and said it's already very expensive and hard to run. So so maybe they weren't explicitly told you can't run here, but maybe they said, here's the new price. And OTT said, well, okay, we can't run here. Uh, so uh, I, I and everyone else, I feel, was very doom and gloom about this when it happened. It's pretty, pretty shitty news. It seems like the... Uh, uh, the venue situation in, in Ireland, but Dublin specifically, is a real nightmare. Uh, he had some people from the Fight Factory school saying they were also having trouble with venues. You know, uh, a lot of pe- a lot of other wrestling people weighed in and, and said that it, it was a shitty situation. Uh, but I, I thought the February show was certainly at risk. Uh, but they announced today uh, that it's going ahead in a new location that will absolutely not be the new. I guarantee you that. They'll be running the National Basketball Arena in Tala, which is sort of, would you call it the outskirts of Dublin City? Is that even generous to say that? Yeah, it's it's um, it's not an ideal location, let's say, in terms of like getting public transport in or particularly out afterwards. Yeah, it's it's like there's a Lewis line, which is the Dublin's uh, rail system. There's a Lewis line that goes to Tala, but Tala is like the terminus. It's like the last stop. And then my understanding from people who know the area is that the venue is like a half hour walk from there. Mm. Uh, it is not it is not jump in a cab for a fiver and get to the venue. It is not that at all. 
Um, and that that kind of and the thing is, they've always been very central Dublin. That's always been their thing. Uh, uh, and you really get the vibe that even though this is kind of good news because they got a venue and the February show is happening, it's it's also kind of in, even even in getting a venue, it's indicative of how bad the venue issue is. If that makes sense. Um, uh, so and it's the other, the other thing as well as well as being far out. It's also potentially, depending on how they set it up, like it's also potentially a bigger venue than the national state. Uh, I think it can hold, depending on how it's set up, up to two and a half thousand people. Uh, so this is definitely not the new, the new full time home. Uh, but again, we don't know what it's going to be set up as. But yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm happy the show is happening, but it really seems like the uh, the outlook feels a bit grim at the moment. Um, for for the show, but yeah, so they they announced that, and they also announced that we already had uh, MJF, Walter, and Park uh, announced, and they added Will Osprey, David Starr, and Ilya Dragunov hmm. uh, to that show. So, um, but the thing is, again, great names. I love Ilya. I love Star. Obviously, those are names that I don't think would sell out the stadium. Uh, I don't know that they will sell out this place either. Um, uh, so, you know. But again, who knows what the margins on this thing are? Maybe this place is cheap to run. Maybe it's not that big a deal. You know, uh, it's it's uh, rough, to say the least. Yeah, the capacity of the National Basketball Arena two and a half thousand. Yeah, so maybe they can again. You know, maybe they can. Maybe they'll go crazy with the stage and do lots of really elaborate stuff. But uh, I don't know. And also, oh, that also has a cage, by the way. I think we mentioned that before. But yeah. Yeah. God, I'm just looking at this saying, you know, I, I'm I'm willing to give it a try, you know, as a kind of a a first a first go, especially because the the card looks really good. But it's gonna it's probably gonna end up being get a taxi after the show back to the city center. Yeah. You know? And um, even, even from even for a taxi. Let me just look, look this up here. From that to, like, Westmoreland Street, let's say. Yeah. East Street, yeah. Westmoreland. Uh, how much of a drive is that? A 23-minute drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's grim. It's grim. It is like, it's like, it's, even if the rent on this venue is super low, it's, and that will put people off, because I even saw Irish wrestling people like Justy saying this, that, that, that you know, the Dublin crowd doesn't really travel. You know what I mean? They don't. That's, what, that's another reason the Tivoli was so great. It's smack in the middle of town. And um, even Sure Road, like we had talked on this show, that Sure Road was sure Road was perfect because... It's right by it, uh, a Lewis stop. It was right by a Lewis stop. You could, you could get, um, get your food in Dublin, hop on a wee Lewis, and, you know, 15, 10, 15 minutes later, you're at, you're at the front door of the... Yeah, and it's it's also like it's only let's say you get food in city center, it's like three stops or four stops down on the Lewis. Like it's nothing. It's 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 it, the venue is a little bit out of the way, but it was pretty easy to get to, and it wasn't crazy out of the way. This it's is very like, accessible. Uh, yeah, this is this is something else entirely. And the other thing as well is that sure uh, road shows typically ended in enough time that I would always you know congregate with the pals outside we'd chat for 20 minutes and then we could just saunter across and there'd be at least two or three more Lewis's coming that night yeah. uh, so I mean you really hope with, with how far out this thing is 
they they better have that timekeeping down because there's there will be blue murder if if it runs till half twelve and, and, and have to leave don't forget as well it. don't forget as well it's a Sunday yeah it's a Sunday um, night this is running which is very odd I mean that's just not they don't they really don't do that unless they have to uh, it's fucking I don't know like. I, I said this on Twitter. I, I don't get any pleasure at all from saying this, but you you wonder if it's starting to wind down. You know what I mean? If it's just if it's eventually just going to get too hard to run, you know, in with with the lay of the land in Dublin, and that's also partially why I want to you know go to this one and and show the support, you know. But it's it's really not ideal. Oh, yeah, and I I feel for I feel for Joe big time on this one. I really do. It's not. This is, cer- this is certainly not for lack of trying or any kind of bad promoting. On his it's just the shitty setup we have, fortunately. Um, but yeah, um, just out of curiosity, as an aside, are you going to go to contenders in January? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So they they have announced. I do. Uh, I do like the A Kid Devlin match particularly. So yeah, they, this one, and again, I. I I mentioned earlier, I don't think they can do that venue, that contenders venue, as the new quote-unquote main show. It's just too small. But it does, it, this show does kind of feel like they're trying to split the difference and just see how the audience takes to it. Uh, so the, the the usual trainee-focused events that they do called contenders. This one, they've got some names on it. So Speedball Mike Bailey versus Scotty Davis. That should be a cracker. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Devlin versus A-Kid. That should be great as well. Devlin just came back from his, I think, second or third trip to White Wolf in Spain, and he was uh, uh, glowing about that. He seemed very happy with it. And also announced uh, David Starr uh, for that show, which is, a, which is a great name to have on a show full of like young wrestlers who could do with a great match with a, with a new talent, or with a big talent, rather. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder if that will be a big kind of storyline-heavy show. Because um, you can see, since they'll both be on it, you can theoretically do a Jordan Starr angle to set up a cage match. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, I think if you obviously if you can't, whatever. But like, I, I would, I think it'd be cool if you could go to that. I think you'd like it. The venue is great. Uh, seeing kids at an OTT show losing their mind for everything is really great. It's that 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 back to basics great thing about pro wrestling. And also, I reckon it'll be a good show. Um, right, I'll see if the powers that be want to go along to that. The other thing course. about this this um, basketball arena show, by the way, that's still a question mark is the ticket prices. Ah, uh, yeah, you see them. No, uh, they are. Is it out, is it out already? That, that is. A, but yeah, you can you can go now on Eventbrite. It is. Uh, I think it's reasonable enough in the sense that it's uh, it's it's National Stadium esque. Uh, but obviously, the front row are not like eighty quid like they are for the National Stadium. It's like uh, fifty and forty ish for like the first three rows. Then the season section on the floor. It's like a. a God, what would you even call it? Like a general admission, but like priority general admission. Right. Uh, for 33, uh, which is about what I'd be going for. Sorry, I'm pulling it up here as I as I speak, if I seem a bit rambly. Mm. Okay, here we go. Front row, 49 quid. Second row, 47 quid. Third row, 44 quid. Then gold floor seats unreserved. So that's basically any row past the third floor and it's first come, first serve. That's 32, Okay. Mm. And then stalls unreserved twenty. Mm. So I would would you that that's like I would say slightly cheaper than a stadium. Stadium shows are like sixty quid, seventy quid for front row. So 
Yeah, I'm wondering though with the mm, the way the basketball arena is going to be is because the national stadium is is kind of set for boxing. Is that even even the kind of quote unquote floor seats are like tiered at a basketball yeah. arena? The floor seats really aren't going to be. I wonder if it, you'd actually have a better view going for the stalls on this one rather I, than the goals. Yeah, because that basketball uh, court pretty big on the stadium you know you're going to be if you end up towards the back you're going to have a sure road view yeah so, um, mm. so yeah the times the times are tough but uh, yeah that's that's the OTT report for this week um, and obviously we will uh, that's that's February 17th and the contender show is January 21st so we'll report on both those cards as they draw closer uh, I, I think there's a they haven't announced a single match they've just said a bunch of names and a cage they have not said what's going to be where, so, so time will tell. But yeah, uh, and I think that's going to do it really for all of Wrestling Guff, and indeed all of the show this week, I would say. Mm. Uh, so we'll be back next week uh, chatting about, I guess we, uh, we, we free, yeah, we'll be doing a show before TLC, so maybe we'll run down that card, talk about any other wrestling news, more uh, game, TV, and movie Guff, uh, music Guff as well. Perhaps you want to send any recommendations to myself or Paul or Joe, you can get us on uh, shot Pod on Twitter. JerryShotPodcast.com is where you go for the episode archive. And also, where you going to send us an email? If you want to send us emails? We know emails this week. If you want to send us a question, a comment, some feedback, or you want to maybe send us a quiz, a lot of listeners enjoy sending us like quizzes, be they their own creation or general knowledge or whatever. You can do that. All emails welcome. We'll read them out in the show. And uh, yeah. So we'll be back this time next week, roughly, uh, for more fun. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye, everyone. As goodbye, it's Paul Griffin. Goodbye, everyone.